Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Hello there, Jackie. Good morning, Dee. Happy to be back with you for a, uh, another conversation about boundaries. Yeah. Actually, in our last episode, we didn't specifically talk about boundaries. We mentioned it, but we talked about dealing with negativity and specifically being in relationship with others when there is negativity, whether that's just maybe a negative dynamic unfolding in the relationship, maybe not necessarily that someone's being particularly negative. So, And I, I do think that this is a, it's a great, because we mentioned it last time, I think it is a great topic to have its own conversation around. I agree. I remember saying something at the end of the last episode of, you know, we mentioned some of the ways to deal with negativity when it shows up. And one of the tips we said was to set boundaries, but we kind of left it at that. Mm -hmm. There are a, a many, many, many books and podcasts on the how-tos of setting boundaries. So it seems like it's something that we need to learn and to maybe consistently remind ourselves of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because although I can I can have a visual of what a boundary is, you know, how things are kind of cordoned off, how it actually looks in relationship so that it doesn't push somebody away, but mm -hmm. so that it establishes a really, even a more healthy interaction. Right. I mean, that is the the reason, one of the big reasons to have a boundary is so that way we can have healthy relationships. You know, I think it's, it's interesting when I, I notice that a lot of times when we start the conversation about boundaries, like when I start the conversation with a client, at first it feels wrong to right. that person perhaps, or, or like they're doing something wrong or bad if they, because in a way they, they maybe correlate setting a boundary to saying no to something because we right. kind of are. And yet it's not, without boundaries, we're, we're not really respecting ourselves or that other person, you know? I mean, like, for example, if I feel like Jackie, that you consistently take advantage of me in this relationship. And I notice that I'm feeling walked on a lot. When I become aware of that, you know, I might, I might, all I might know is that I'm starting to be really annoyed at you and resentful. And yet I'm not, that's not me respecting you or me respecting me so long as I don't say anything and just let your behavior continue. Right. So if I was to set a boundary, it might in my, like to my brain, into my body, it might feel like in a way, calling you on a behavior that's not working for me or saying no more to something. And some of that, sometimes that stuff can feel scary to do, but it thought of another way. It's really moving us towards a more healthy dynamic, towards more mutual respect in the relationship. Right, right. Yeah. It also saves, I think, you know, sometimes when someone feels annoyed by a behavior from someone else or annoyed by behavior from people in general, they'll go home to their friends or their partners, yeah. you know, and they'll complain. Right. So if you think about it, if you, if you set a boundary with the person in a relationship, think about how much energy and time you're saving right. complaining and how much negativity you're not bringing any further. Yes. You kind of like draw the line. The boundary actually helps contain the negativity and then transmute mm. it. I love that visual. It does. Yeah. It's like I'm drawing a line around my space and, and our space. You know, we talk about relationships happening in in a container, you know, like you and I, there's a shared pool between us that we're both drinking from in this relationship. We want that water to be clean and clear. And I, I want 
you know, there'd be a healthy boundary right. around that reservoir, if you will, right. you know. And, you know, I just want to bring up this, I want to circle back to what you started to say too about this is a pretty vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty vulnerable thing to say to someone, here's here's something that's important to me. And and sometimes boundaries are stated, you know, and sometimes they're not like, you know, as I'm going to create a boundary, you know, we don't necessarily have to call it that, but you, you talk about some behavior that, or or some change in the way that two of you are relating. And it is very vulnerable. It's also such a gift that you're giving to yourself yeah, and in turn giving to the relationship. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, even though it might be my boundary, you know, it starts out, it's my boundary. I'm telling you my needs and my wants. It's, there is a permission granting that happens through me being willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. say what I need. I'm also maybe opening the door or allowing some space for you to say what you need to. And certainly in the conversation, when I would start communicating my boundary to you, a a helpful thing to do in that conversation is to ask you as well, you know, how does that feel to you? Is there anything else that you need, et cetera? So it's like we're creating a mutual conversation. Well, that's, you know, it's funny because when we were talking about this yesterday, I, I thought to myself, you know, what's the difference between a boundary and an agreement? Right. Sometimes the boundary is just like, Hey, between ten and two, I'm not available. That's just the boundary. It's not. Is that okay with you? It has to be because that's just how it is. That's you know, my boundary. Yeah. yeah, that's my boundary. And one of the things, an agreement would be: Look, we're going to agree not to talk between ten and two unless blah blah blah, whatever. You know, you both agree. Like draw the parameters around. Right, it. Yeah. right. But I think that when you do set a boundary for yourself, think about how I'm thinking about how an incredible, how incredible an example you are for somebody else. Yeah. Look how she just did that. I guess, and they they might even think about it in a different context. Even if they're taken aback for a second, like, oh my God, who does she think she is to do that? Yeah. Then at some point you realize, you know what? I could actually do this with my mother. Yeah. Like I could say to my mom, hey, I can't spend every lunchtime with you. I need to, you know, or whatever it is. It happens. That happens all the time. I mean, I've had that happen so many times, whether in my own life or a client telling me a story of their life. It, it's very, um, generative, I guess might be the word, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's such a constructive thing to do. So even if it does have that first little like, ouch, who do they think they are to tell me I can't do this thing? It's not really what we're doing, you know, and that's just maybe my, you know, my, my ego part of my brain reacting to the news that something's going to be different. I mean, you know, we don't like things to be different, mm-hmm. but when I let that settle, it really is a positive thing to do. And that positivity, that self-care and self-respect right. that, that's related, you know, it's in there. I, I feel that and I want that too, perhaps, you know. Yes. I think that that's really important because I have learned so much from different friends who have been bold enough to create a boundary, you know, whether it's with me or with other relationships when they talk about it. I'm like, wow, that's a very emotionally mature thing to do. Yes. <laughs> I found myself being jealous sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Oh, you wait, could talk I about can. that. Wow. <laughs> and because I think a lot of times also when I'm thinking about a lot of the client work that I do too. The idea of conflict produces a huge fear in the body, in the mind, in the psyche. And sometimes people correlate this idea of setting a boundary with the creation of conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think just to separate those two, and it's actually that the boundary is what is going to repair That's right. the conflict. And potentially avoid right. future conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe we could talk about a couple of steps in setting helpful boundaries, healthy boundaries. Well, before we do, before we do that, I, I want to just say too that, you know, if anybody's listening is thinking this doesn't apply to me, 
just think about how often it's used, how often boundaries are stepped over, values are stepped on when you're thinking about roles and and your time. Yeah. If you've been, you know, somehow you got the role in your office of party planner for people's birthdays, you know, and you've been doing it for 20 years, you're like, you know, I've got a job to do too. You know, now we're, when, when I started doing it, we were three people in this office. Now we're, you know, 300 people in this office. I, this can't be my job, mm-hmm. you know, so said, or, or just when we were talking about before, you know, between 10 and two, I have to create this boundary where I can't be disturbed. I can't think of a, a person on the planet that doesn't have a place where they wouldn't be able to around their time or around, you know, some of the roles that they play in their lives, wouldn't want to create a healthy boundary. Yeah, those are two huge areas, I think, where we can come up against a a missing boundary a lot, maybe not even realize that a boundary is missing until I'm feeling perhaps taken advantage of. And our last episode where we were talking about we teach people how to treat us, that example you just gave of the party planner, that's a perfect example of, you know, it's just what I've always done. I may not want to do it anymore, but people are just you know, letting me know it's so-and-so's birthday next week because that's what we've been doing for the past 20 years, you know. And in order for anything to be different, I'm going to first have to, this was really last episode, but, you know, just become more aware of what I'm feeling and then acknowledge that to myself, certainly, and perhaps out loud in the relationship, and then do something different. And and this setting a boundary is one of those things that we can do differently to shift, you know, to shift that, that role that I no longer wish to play or, or right. to play solely by myself. Yeah. You know, and it's, I guess what this is great because it's reminding me that these boundaries aren't only in, you know, places where we're having like a consistent level of difficulty. It's like this happens once a year, let's say, you know, Thanksgiving. So it it's not anything that is like imminent and doesn't have to be majorly distressful for a long period of time. It could be something that happens once a year at Thanksgiving, you know, where you're expected to make a turkey. And once upon a time, you used to make the turkey, you know, 20 years ago before you had four kids. And now you have four kids, you work full time, and you don't have time to make the turkey. Yeah. You know, right. but there are this, these expectations. You don't want to disappoint anybody. You've been doing it begrudgingly for the last three, four years. And now it's time to set a boundary. Find someone else to, set, to, to make the turkey. I just wanted to say that because it doesn't mean you're having any kind of long-term difficulty with a person, right? but it could be as simple as a role that you no longer want and time that uh, you want to have back. Yeah. And maybe, I'm not sure if you would agree that this is a a way to think about the distinction, but we talked about boundaries and we talked about agreements. And I think certainly in a relationship that is feeling difficult or that has been developing some type of tension or whatever negative dynamic. There's the need for an agreement or another way to say that is a, you know, a new alliance between us. Like the way we've been working together is not working anymore and it's time for us to do something different together. The part of that may be that each of us needs to say you know, what our boundary is or what's not working for me, but that's really more of an opportunity to have an, create a new agreement together where a boundary is, could be also in a difficult relationship, but it's just more about life, about having healthy relationships and putting you know, healthy boundaries around my time. So I preserve enough time to be with my loved ones, to take care of myself, to be in, mm-hmm. you know, in the right. practices that right. really keep me being able to be the best that I can be True. out there in the world for everybody else. I need to pull in and give myself and, you know, again, whether that's my own practices of prayer or meditation or whatever it might be, I need to, I need to put boundaries around my time so I can be all that. The boundaries I think are more oftentimes are mine. You know, this is, this is about me. 
agreements are about me and you and how we're doing this thing together. Right. So we had talked about four four things to think about when creating a boundaries. And the first is to give ourselves permission to do it. Give ourselves permission to have boundaries. And we've already talked about all the reasons why it might feel like a quote bad thing to do, but it's truly not. It's a sign of self-respect. And when I'm mm-hmm. respecting me, then I can also respect you. Yes. So giving myself permission. Right. And just to, to add to that too, the, the space between us, if there's respect being put into the middle yeah. where our relationship lives, then we've given it the opportunity to thrive. Yes. And step two is once I've given myself that mental and emotional permission to have a boundary, then I define it. First, I've defined that with myself and for myself, you know, so what do I need here? What shift in the way this, whatever it is, is, is unfolding is, is being called for? What would make what would help me to feel more peaceful, more productive, more aligned, whatever it might be. So defining my boundary for myself and then three, sharing that with others. So within the relevant context, you know, like you said about my time in the office, like I need, I know I have this task that I must focus on every day that really requires my full attention. So if it's some a time where I'm going to close my door for a period of time, I, I probably want to communicate that to everybody. It's not because I'm, you know, I don't want to talk to you right now or whatever it might be. It's you know, and I've had people, I had someone do this actually where they put like a smiley face on the outside of the door with a note that says, I really want to talk to you. I'll be available at two, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not, the closed door can often, you know, people will feel about that, how they feel about that. So to just speak what's true for us is, you know, I'm taking this time for me to get this necessary thing done. And I really do want to talk to you. So let's, let's do it after two. Right. So you're sharing your boundary within the relevant context and you're being specific about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I have an example. One of my clients, you know, was when we first started working together, she claimed that time management was like the biggest culprit of her stress. And, you know, there were, there were no boundaries. So she Mm. had absolutely no time to think and no time to get those important reports out, no time to answer emails, et cetera. So she found herself really, really stressed. And when she did finally set that boundary about, you know, 45 minutes at a particular time of day, before she did it, there was so much guilt that she felt, you know, yeah. around around closing the door, around keeping yeah. people out. Because that just wasn't what the culture was there. Nobody's door was yeah. closed. And so, again, it's, yeah, this is new. It's It may not be in the comfort zone, but it's it's a time. It's not like she's closing her door for eight hours. It's like, for the next 45 minutes, you know, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, see you, see you afterwards. Yeah, and I think to what we were saying before about how that is a way uh, that how that shows respect to me and to you. Yeah. You know, think about it. If my door was open, but I was for forty five minutes, I was really trying to get this particular test done that required my focus, and you don't know that, and you come in and start talking to me because my door's open. What what am I doing? What am I going to do in that moment? Am I going to, you know, feel like oh gosh, I got to listen to her? Even well, that I'm, was I'm not going to be with you, right? Yeah. That was the thing, and what was happening was when someone would walk in the door, she would look up with this like face. That was mm. not welcoming. That was not, <laughs> I'm happy to see you. She would, this right. body language was like, what are you doing here? Okay, you know, I have, <laughs> I, I really have to get this done. And so closing the door and giving herself that 45 minutes prevented her using body language that, you know, obviously is not welcoming and not helpful yeah. and gave Creating people a different the wrong problem. impression. Yeah. And then, you know, the our fourth step is sticking to it, sticking yeah. to that boundary because Unfortunately, after a while, she stopped closing her door. So, you know, realizing that, wow, she's starting not to get the stuff done anymore. And then finally coming back to it, just re establishing that boundary 
but I, I liken it to when my kids were little and, you know, we used to say, okay, well, this is what's going to happen from now on. You know, this is, and we set some boundaries. And then after a while, when the parents just sort of, you know, get really loose on that, the kids are like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. You know, right. so what are doors right. closed, you know, or well, the door's not really closed. It's halfway closed or the door's not closed. So I think that means that it's okay to come in. Yeah. So whatever, whatever the, the boundary is, you just, you have to stick to it. And when it's right. over for you, when it's no longer effective or useful, you know, you can name that too. That's so that right. you're you're staying to your word. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, because things will change, yep. you know. I'll need this now and in six months I don't need that anymore. I need mm-hmm. this instead. So just being staying aware of me and what's going on for me. Um, and then being, as you said, emotionally mature enough to put words around that and communicate it to the relevant people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I know we would love to hear from anybody who's listening, number one, what they think about this episode, you know, the comments, and also how they've used boundaries and how it's worked for them. And if they've never used a boundary and want to start using boundaries and want to give us some comments about how the new boundaries are working, I mean, we would love to hear. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, Rethinking Leadership, please do so now on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to for you to rate it and review what we're sharing with you. Yes, we would. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Dee. See you next time. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com, and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com, and we'll see you next time.